Welcome to the Broken Road Podcast, Season 1, Episode 1, Our Road Trips to Each Other. Um, and we'll start with me um, and kind of cover, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which for those that don't know, is a relatively big city, um, but Wisconsin is one of the coldest states in the U.S., um, so probably weather similar to what Miss Rachel over there um, experiences in the winter. In I was going to say, it'd be int- I d- define cold. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I remember one winter, there was a wind chill of negative 70 degrees oh, Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is. So I don't know what that is Celsius, but that's yeah. pretty dang cold. Yeah, I, I thought you meant like minus 70 Celsius. And I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah, that that's, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that, you went no, in the it, North it, Pole. It, it, that's cold. Um, but uh, it, it, I mean, that's probably pretty close to that. I mean, they call it the frozen tundra. Um, that sounds cold. It is cold. Uh, lots of snow. Five, six feet of snow in the winter. Snow seats. You're bundled up like a little snowman. As a kid, <laughs> um, I grew up to a single mom. Uh, she passed away when I was 14 from cancer. Um, she had cervical cancer. Um, I then spent my lovely teenage years in sunny, beautiful Colorado. Um, so different climate, mountains. Um, nice. Then I joined the army at 18 yeah. and spent a wonderful nine years in the army for as a tank mechanic. Something that a lot of people don't expect to come out of my mouth. Yeah. I was I was a tank mechanic for nine years. But you see, if the carver breaks down, I can I fix it. Come to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can, yeah. I can totally fix it. Yeah. Um, and then wandered aimlessly around my life for the next 10 years, trying to figure out where my place in life has been um, and have ended up here in sunny California and again completely different Mm -hmm. um I own a business um I'm now doing this podcast with you Rachel and completely different than where I actually thought my life was going to end up being you know and it's it's interesting it's fun it's exciting Right? It's very exciting. I know. I'm, I'm excited, right? <laughs> what too. about you, Rachel? Where did you grow up? Uh, well, if anybody from the UK is listening, they'll know from my accent straight away, it's the Northeast. <laughs> it's a really obvious, obvious giveaway. With much the amusement of the fact that I now live in Cornwall. So it's very interesting when I get on to, um, these online chats with people as the world is at the moment there's a lot of us meeting online and that's one of the things people ask is when you're in these groups where are you from and I go Cornwall and they're like oh I thought you're from the northeast I'm like yeah I still have a very very strong accent so I haven't been in Cornwall that long it's coming up to three years now um trauma but I actually call it awakening because I prefer to think of them as a life-changing moment in a positive sense even though it can be challenging. 
So this is how I ended up in Cornwall. I'm sure that story will unfold as we start exploring our different journeys. So I'm Middlesbrough born and bred. We're called Smoggies up north. We've all got different names. You've got Geordies from Newcastle, which I think are the most well-known. You've got Mackhams from Sunderland, and then you've got Smoggies from Middlesbrough. And they're, they're, you don't want to ever get those three mixed up, ever. People, well, I'm sure people have probably died over that confusion. So, if you yeah, if you if you meet somebody from the northeast, you're not 100 percent certain where they're from. It's best just to say, "Oh, you're from the northeast," rather than get the get us mixed up. We're very proud of our heritage in the in the north. Um, I think it started off in the shipbuilding. Um, that competition competition of the shipbuilding because we're very much the industrial revolution. It's like the north. It's all the coal mining, the steel. Um, I, I love, so I think this, we end up everywhere, people from Teesside. We have quite fascinating lives. You, I keep seeing dormant long steel everywhere in, in steel girders in buildings in the middle of nowhere and miles away from Teesside. And actually, it, it would be, it'll be made in Middlesbrough. So we built a lot of places around the world, like Sydney Harbour Bridge. And yeah, we're kind of like, I feel like we, we should be flying our flag a lot more for Middlesbrough. I feel a bit sad. You should. <laughs> like, you should. Yeah, it's typical northeast kind of humour, though. Like we we're very um, down to earth about things, and we don't shout about the fact that we built some of the biggest st- structures in the world, you know. But yeah, we did. <laughs> so that's part of my my DNA, I think. Straight talking northern lass. That's how it is. A spade's a spade up north. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how I grew up too. Um, lots of immigrants from, you know, Ireland mm-hmm. and Northern UK and Germany yeah. and stuff like that, where I grew up and they're all hardworking, you know, yeah, grew up working class families, you mm-hmm. know, and so that's just, that's how it is. You get in there and you work hard and mm, definitely that pride and in and ownership of of what you do yeah you know i think this is uh, it comes from it, it definitely comes through in like the way that you approach life as well because when bad things happen you think about a lot of the working classes we had very dangerous jobs like how generations before us had quite you know they, they did it's the i've got steel puddlers and cotton weavers so in in both sides of the family so and people from the train lines and places like that and i think you grow up your ancestors had that we we have very dangerous job bad things happen and bad things did happen quite regularly but you you just get on with it you can't feel sorry for yourself there's a family depending on you so you just get on with life and you get on with work and um things have changed a fair bit we're obviously not as many of us are in the we've lost the steelworks in the northeast but i think that attitude of getting through life by just getting on with it just carries on through the generations i think so i'm glad that i have that i think it's what helped me move forward when I had my own broken road experience was that Northeast working class <laughs> grit. Right. Just the, yeah. the drive to keep moving forward and mm-hmm. push on in Happy. life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Speaking of, you know, we talked to, you brought up, you know, being online. Let's talk oh. a little bit about how we met mm. that fun far off. We're talking about where we're from. But we met in this uh, this interesting far off land, and that mm-hmm. far off land was online, wasn't it? It was. I, when you think about it, it's really crazy. 
how we ended up meeting because all the like yeah percentage wise chance wise like it's so slim and i had never uh, you know never in my life ever been in an online platform like that before so for me to all of a sudden go into this world of mobile gaming you know know. it was just like yeah my my brother will laugh yeah because i'm not even a gamer that's the thing. I don't, I don't, I think we've said before that I think the last time, apart from the Street Fighter Fridays that I used to have with my friend Mark, that basically just involved chocolate tea and button bashing. Um, <laughs> I obviously had faster reflexes because I kept beating him. And apparently the the boys, because they were all in game, they were game builders themselves and all in the tech industry. So I think getting beaten by a lass that did not do gaming at all never mind seriously and the fact I kept beating him he wasn't happy about it but I think apart from that the last time I actually did any form of gaming was when like the original Game Boy came out and I used to play Turtles and Tetris like Tetris <laughs> yes I yeah. It. yeah and Ninja Turtles I used to love that game but that, then until like, like the next time was when I met you so it's really funny like that's not a place I'd ever hang out in a million years Right. Um, and I remember like the friend that introduced me to it and was like, Hey, like you should play this game. It's really fun. And, you know, I'd played a few games like solitaire on my phone, you know, like spider solitaire or whatever. I mean, it wasn't, you know, or the little tile game, whatever mm-hmm. candy crush, I think was huge in playing candy crush. Yeah. Um, but it was never anything where it involved other people. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Hey, you could, there's like, there's a whole, like people from all over the world. It's really cool. You should check it out you built this little building and all this stuff and I'm like mm-hmm. okay you know and yeah. uh so I did and and to think you know and and of all games a, a mobile war game is where we met right? I know yeah seriously <laughs> I was I was hopeless though really I was I think of myself as like the cheerleader of <laughs> that's all I was I was like I was totally no were. at all in terms of any strength or power <laughs> just as little Frankie I was like okay I actually named myself after my cat so it's really funny how we have these names and I, my line ID is actually still the same it's Frankie baby but it's I've changed it to Frankie but uh, people going so when I meet other people online say from Asia and other places because I right. like, the only time I use that communication app was actually for, right. the, for the game but I still have it and I have like friends in Asia and other places so they they use line and they're like I'm really confused. So they're calling me Frankie and I'm like, oh no, that's that's my online gaming name. Like it makes me sound I'm some really professional online gamer with this altered like ego, but I'm like, no, that's, that's, yeah. Right. And I changed, like I used, I used one name to start and then I changed it. Right. Mm. And became, I think Death Train was my name for the longest time on, on game platform, you know, and I think, like honestly somebody could have walked up behind me in the supermarket and been like hey dt and i would have responded yeah like (laughs) as as if someone had said hey heidi i would have responded the same as if yeah you know it was my own name like i that became a piece of who i was um because it was i mean i played longer than you did you know yeah um but it, it was just interesting that that's the platform that brought us together. together. Yeah. I do sometimes think about things. I think, what was the whole point of that experience? And like, for me, that's you. <laughs> I got you. Right? Like I people. Like, yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I still, because there's still so many people 
that are a part of my life today from that time period. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, you know, to see who stayed friends with who, you know, who kind of Mm -hmm. fluttered off into um, non-existence kind of, you know, the, the Mm -hmm. world of the, the wide open web. Um, Mm. Yeah. You know, because there were a lot of people that you gain like a friendship with, I guess, kind of, but it's still, I'm not sure if it was a friendship based on who they really were or a friendship based on the persona. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I I think the time when I joined, I was really, really ill. Um, It was the, the beginning of this third trauma. So I was so ill. And I think it gave me space to actually just be myself for a period of time because I was struggling. I, I'd lost everything at that point. My home, work, I'd had to move back in with my mum and dad. If it hadn't been for my mum and dad, I would have been hospitalised. But my mum and dad became full-time carers for me because I, I couldn't eat. I wasn't, I just did not, I wouldn't, I don't know how to describe it, but I spent most of the game actually playing from my bed because I couldn't even get out of bed and live life. And that's how bad and how low I'd ended up. But for a period of time, it meant that I could just forget about all of that and just actually be me for a bit and escape into this world where I met people like you. And you didn't, I mean, you got to know about the other, the turmoil that was going on in the real world outside of this game. But actually we met just as two people, didn't we? Without all of the other external stuff of life that is happening, just as two people. Mm. Right. That's really refreshing. Absolutely. And I I feel like, you know, you and I probably both use the game for a similar reason. Like we could just Mm -hmm. be us, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I could, I I got to go on and just kind of be me and be, Mm -hmm. be out free and and yeah and you know we'll we'll dive deeper into the next episode about it Mm -hmm. you know more yeah um but uh i could just kind of be free and happy and 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 let it all out um and yeah so (laughs) it was it was but then because of that it almost became an addiction right yeah it, mm-hmm. it did. Definitely. It became this addiction that I had to spend this time doing this. And, you know, looking back on it, it's it's scary and hilarious at the same time, mm-hmm. because we used yeah. to spend hours like I would drink cans of Monster to stay up <laughs> yeah. all night for events. Yeah. So yeah. that, you know, for whatever war was happening or whatever event was happening on the game and we'd all be on this group chat right? There'd yeah. be six, seven, 10, 15 of us on this group chat for this yeah. event as we're all doing this yeah. big event. And then I'd go to work the next day. And yeah, I'd be, I can't imagine this be like, like I used hiding, to think it was just me. Yes. Hiding my phone at work, like trying to I need work. Another, and- I need another pee break. I mean, like, maybe you should go to the doctors. There's something going on here, like with your phone again. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe I do need to see the doctor. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like trying to like, like, and then like installing the chat on my computer at work so I could mm-hmm. be like working and chatting at the same time. And <laughs> it was just time. like, oh yeah. my God, so crazy, you know? And, you know, it, 
and it, it kind of spilled out like that game kind of fell apart and then it was on to the next game and then on to the mm-hmm. next game for me, you know, um, until, and it wasn't until recently that I actually stopped mobile gaming. I, I, I want to say it was probably maybe four or five months ago that I finally just looked at yeah. my phone and was like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What am I doing? Like, this isn't fun. I'm getting stressed out because of it. Probably around the start of COVID. Probably. I was just going to say, that's really fascinating. The time that it happened was, I was mm-hmm. going to ask, was that, do you feel that came around because of COVID? I, I know what the thing was, like, was for me. But. It might've been before COVID though. Hmm. It might It might've been like right before Christmas. So I don't know if COVID had started yet. I'd, I'd mm. have to ask I'd have to have to ask Howie for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was like right before COVID, maybe right, right when COVID was maybe just starting that I was like, you know mm. what? I was right as COVID was starting. And I was just like, you know what? What are we doing? It, that was, what this are- is for me. I thought I joined this to kind to de-stress because I was going through a lot. I And it had turned into this really stressful thing thing where I was like this is not what I joined for this is keeping me awake and I, I mean for somebody who's on a mental health recovery journey from PTSD and trauma and CV and depression the stress of being in this game like kept triggering everything and I'm like I I for me it became it becomes almost this real life response to this made up thing that mm-hmm. really I mean how important is it and I in the end I actually when I got rid of that game I was like I can't do this anymore it's making me ill it's interrupting all my sleep patterns like you say it's the worst thing you could do for somebody who has mental health stuff and when I I when I actually deleted it I was like, I downloaded uh, Sudoku. <laughs> What's that? I think if you really need to do something in bed before you can sleep, you're going to do this rather than staying up all night. Well, because I couldn't I, even I join mean, in anything. Yeah, We were setting our alarms for two o'clock in the morning because the events mm-hmm. are based on, you know, we're based on some UTC time that was not mm-hmm. cohesive to our time. Mm-hmm. And waking yeah. up and doing this event and I'm like... This is this what is not working. Doing? Yeah, this is not working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are we doing? You know, and then you you think about the dynamics of the game, right? And it's mm. never fair. It's never going to be fair. You get stressed out because these are pay-to-play games. They are. Like you can't win if you don't pay. And that that dynamic is always changing because you have to continue to pay in order to continue to win. Right. And I think this is where the real life thing came in because for some of our friends, they'd put so much real like, and these, a lot of these people just everyday people as well, like me and you, where you just think they've worked hard for that money. And for any of us, like it's up to us where we choose to then spend that money. If it, and it's all everybody's different hobbies. Like you could spend it on collecting stamps on mobile gaming like it's up to you where you find that enjoyment but i just thought so it was really serious for some people like that because they're but it, it, it does become like, an an addiction right almost like gambling yeah right yeah. i i can't tell you how many people i know who have gotten divorced who have had mm. serious financial issues because of the game mm. or yeah. because of the games you know those kinds of things mm. And, you know, it's, it's just not okay. And, uh, you know, thankfully I I was never in that situation. I was able to, not that I didn't spend, you know, Mm -hmm. real money on the game, but um, never spent more than I could afford. Right. 
Um, yeah. Probably spent more than I should have, but never yeah, put myself into about, a financial hardship about it. I was thinking about the statistics of it. I mean, these games are designed to be addictive. I think that the biggest, the hardest thing was letting go of people because you build that community yeah. up and you're with them 24 seven. Like you say, right. you're probably spending more time with these people than with the people you work with, or even some of your family members, you're, because you're yeah. like with them maybe twenty four seven, right? Yeah, and you and you build this emotional attachment, right? So, mm-hmm. and that's the other part of the addiction, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to let down this group of people that you've gained this attachment with. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I mean, I I watched some people drop serious money like mm-hmm. jaw dropping money on this game and i'm like uh no i think no, as no. well i mean the the i part of me is wondering about some of the you know we were talk, touching on mental health and i know we'll cover this in other episodes as well but i i am i'm really curious as to what those statistics and figures would be because i i think i reckon i have a feeling and also some of the characters that we met through the game and again we're going to talk about these later because this game is almost like a boiling pot of humanity happening it's like a really interesting social experiment but i wonder what the mental health statistics are because i wonder there's like you said all of the fallout from that's the sleep deprivation the broken relationships the financial difficulties how that's affecting people's mental health because i think Quite a few people that end up within those games are people that probably do have mental health needs as well. And are craving that with, connection. Yeah. yeah. And are suffering with loneliness and all of those other things. So they're actually in quite a vulnerable state or they're in an unhappy relationship or marriage or anything like that. So they're in a very vulnerable state when they come into where they're craving that connection with people. So I think those statistics and figures would well be interesting, but probably quite frightening as well. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Because I feel like I think that's probably the majority of people that are on that game. They're yeah. they're seeking something from that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't think most people are on there to you know play a, a well, just board game. gaming because it wasn't yeah. really in terms of gaming. Like it was awful. It was terrible. Like it was it all terrible. Like yeah, but it was definitely the people and the connection and like yeah, you say, being part of that team. Um, and I do miss that. I've got. I, is I think I enjoyed it in the very early days when we were. We still had really small accounts, and I think the the most friends that I had following the game were actually the first people that I was with. Um, it was I, just very funny. It was. I can honestly was say fun. I I don't miss it. I don't like. Uh, you know, I've had people you know message me and say, "Hey, come back. You know, we miss you. Yeah. You know, whatever." And I just, I have no inclination to go back to it Mm -hmm. Yeah. because, and maybe it was that team that the connection was not the same, Mm -hmm. right? Like I didn't build that relationship like I did with you or some Mm -hmm. of the other people that we played with, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Where I do, I have real life friendships with, you know, Um, and, and, you know, we've shared social media, we've met in person, we've Mm -hmm. had dinners with, we've, you know have real life connections with some of these yeah. people now, yeah. you know, because you're um, real people. And I think that's what people forget behind when you have. And I, I think this also is what is happening nowadays as more and more of us are online that we, these are real people behind the, the screen. 
And mm-hmm. I think it's interesting some of the places that we are now where we had a joke, like, because we're part of another online community. So, yeah, <laughs> as well. Yeah, it's together. And um, luckily, there's not, there's not, it's not addictive as like online gaming. But, Thank but, God. Yeah, I know. And not as crazy with the time frames as well, because at least it's 8 a.m. rather than like your 2 a.m. Right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we, same thing. I, it makes me quite curious as the people that we're connecting with now on a regular basis, because we're with them every day as well. Right. So, hmm. um, yeah. But you do get, you do feel invested in them. Like, oh, how is so-and-so's, you know, stuff going? Like, I want to, mm. I want to support them. I want to help them, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like, you know, like you're not a gamer. I'm a gamer. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm, I'm the world's worst gamer. That's what I tease my children about. <laughs> um, because me and my children all play together. Um, but now we play Xbox, right? Because mm-hmm. Fortnite is not the pay to play kind of game. I can, mm-hmm. it's all based on skill. I have mm-hmm. none. So <laughs> I trolley along behind my children, right? Yeah. And shoot what I can shoot um, and yeah. die every every five seconds <laughs> you, die, you die really really well do you it's like i do I, I die you should get like extra points for dying really well like they should have that as like the booby prize for like who dies the most often and the in the best way as possible that Maybe would be me that forward yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah there's like an achievement board on Fortnite, and they do not have the most deaths <laughs> yeah achievement they need that, that for me as a suggestion mm. to say yep. i would have like who is the smallest account or the i don't know puniest right. player that would be me kind of the puniest player player, right. player award um but i'm super competitive in nature that's just really who i am so like i'll go get on and i'll play just so i can be like my kids won't beat me to level 100 it's not happening right <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> right so um and and they might be level 99 and i hit lo- level 100 like five minutes before they do and it's literally because i've done all these tiny little challenges not because i've killed anybody in those challenges but because yeah. i've done all these little like really i, I chopped down a hundred trees <laughs> yeah that would so be me i was just really good at foraging i'm like <laughs> that mine wasn't a war game it was like the game game of foraging <laughs> it's just little me running yeah. out collecting stuff I'm yeah like, this is the most pointless activity in the planet because i can't do anything with it anywhere like right it's just but something to do. right and me and my kids play Fortnite, and we play minecraft together um because not all my kids live here with me um my oldest and her husband live elsewhere um in colorado um and my older son lives in in iowa with his dad um so we all spend that time especially right now with covid Mm -hmm. having that ability for us to to connect still during these times we use the xbox and and that kind of online platform to be able to spend time together yeah um so Fortnite and minecraft is how we do it um Minecraft I love because I'm great at Minecraft um because all it is is like building things with I was gonna say does it does it involve foraging because I'm right yes. there. oh yeah oh yeah. <laughs> yeah Rachel you would love it you just chop down trees I'll be, I'll and then be, you build little buildings <laughs> out of these square blocks everything is square blocks it's awesome I yeah I can handle that really oh that's why I should have joined I should have just gone there super away. awesome and then you you build yourself this little pickaxe and then you go mining and then you oh, mine right. some iron and you can build little buckets and then you make oh, that's farms me. and 
Totally. Awesome. So I go awesome. from being like the, the puniest player to like the biggest. Really, yeah. I got so and and you, it doesn't have to be fancy. Like there's some people that are awesome at Minecraft and can build these like gigantic castles. And I just build this little basic. I'm like the new like shed. Yeah, I build this little <laughs> shed there. Who, do you know tiny houses are cool though? I keep saying that. I, I remember standing in the living room of this cottage that I was renting and I just stood there and thought, what do I do now? I just work harder to make more money rent a bigger house and fill it with more stuff that I don't really need. <laughs> what is the point in this? Yeah. Right? yeah. Tiny houses no. are cool. A hundred percent. I tell Howie all the time. That is my life goal is to retire to a tiny home or an RV. And mm-hmm. if you can find me, you can visit me. If <laughs> you can That's find it. me. If you can find I might me, stick you can a GPS me. tracker to your house. <laughs> <laughs> Is this going to be like an ankle monitor kind of thing? Like I know. Yeah, yeah. I always know where she is. <laughs> she I'm gonna, me. I'm gonna wear like a big red and white striped shirt, and where in the world is Heidi? Well, oh, definitely. We need to like, get you some glasses. Waldo? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, like the big glasses and the. Do you want like, me to knit you a hat? Yes. You I'm might be waiting hat. a while. <laughs> You could be waiting a while. You know, I'm a very slow knitter, but I, eventually. I have a ha- I have a knit hat somewhere. Yeah. Well, you I said it's a retirement it. thing. It is a retirement I, thing. So yeah, that's okay. I mean, I've got a while. I'm still young. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's this is how we met. This is mm-hmm. who we are today. I'm still the gamer. You're not. I'm not. Um, I'm still a forager, though, but in real life. Yeah. See, now all I got to So basically what you're telling me is for Christmas, I have to buy you an Xbox so you can play Minecraft with me and we can go foraging together. Oh, yeah. We can totally go foraging (laughs) together. It's like like our two worlds will meet in virtual between like gaming and foraging. That'll be the perfect um, tiny house building. Yeah. Although our competitive thing together, when we're together, it might come out and we might start trying to take on the really big castle builders. Because I reckon like me and you, when we're gaming together, are a bit like I that. actually, I'm in the middle of building a castle on our, the world that we just started. Me and my son just started um, yesterday. I'm building a castle. Mm. I'm. It's two story castle. It's still not. Has it got it's, a dungeon? It's not a castle till it's got a dungeon. You it does not have a dungeon. It doesn't have a dungeon. I need a dungeon. You're right. Yeah. You need yeah, to yeah. like build like a stair down to the basement. Yep. This like- is true. I gotta I gotta do a dungeon now. See? Now mm-hmm. you're expanding my Minecraft. It's the Castle designer in skills. me. <laughs> not, I've obviously right? got experience in architecture, but studying fashion has clearly helped me with building castles. Well, that's the funny thing, because the first game that really caught me into gaming was The Sims. Hmm. And the reason I loved Sims was because I could build houses. Yeah. And design it from the ground yeah. up. It wasn't the people. It wasn't the role playing. It was the house designing. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting because I watched a film the other day and I was, I, um, I think it was a Steven Spielberg one. And it was basically about where people were disappearing into a gaming world. And I, I remember having this conversation with one, when I was first starting out in business, I was in an incubation thing with, because Middles was a really big tech hub in the UK. Um, and I remember talking to somebody who was one of the main leaders for like the business support for this tech hub. And he was basically discussing how, 
that's why I find Wally quite scary. That film. I was traumatized afterwards because I went to see it with all my friends who were like animators and IT tech people. So they were looking at it for the technical side of it, but I was traumatized by the social aspect of it as to right. where we were going in the world. It was like these people on these screens talking to each other who was somebody who was right next to them, but they were doing it through this virtual thing rather than speaking in in real life. And I think with more of us moving online at the minute as well, like me and you. Obviously, it's we're in different countries, but I right. still speak to people in the same country online like this because we're having to because we're being pushed into these spaces. But this is what this film was about, that people were living more well every day in this virtual world instead of connecting in real life. Real life. And I thought it this it it it's interesting that this is still coming around and around. I think it's a subject that's gonna grow and it's it's becoming is tech is integrated more into our lives, particularly through what we're like I say is going on now. A lot of people are moving online and connecting in online communities that never would be before because especially in lockdown, we just sit sat certainly people like me were just sat in a small space right. and you're on twenty-four-seven. Right. Um so again, I think that mental health thing crops up because yeah. it's like it can loneliness can trigger depression so where do we find these online communities that we can be part of again so i think this is a really important thing that's coming back right um, well and and especially you know the pieces of what we're going to talk about in the coming two episodes of as you you know go into these online platforms right Mm-hmm. being able to kind of navigate them and the people yeah. that you meet on them in a healthy way, yeah. you know, um, mm-hmm. because Definitely. not everybody that you meet online is going to be who they say they are. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, we, we, yeah. we learned that in the, in the game. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in the next episode, next two episodes, um, mm-hmm. which are going to be behind the mask. Um, where we dive deep into um, our masks, what our masks are, mm-hmm. right? Definitely um, starting with these online personas that people have because the this we had a joke within the group that we're in now because they're all writers, but we we were joking about the fact that this group is obviously very big now. There's like we had over two hundred people sat in a UK AM slot. And we were joking that I see that one of one of us, you do start getting to percentages. So one of them, I was reading a book before, I can't think where it was, but saying, I think it's about, if you have like 500 people, one of them is like a psychopath. Uh, and then you look at how many friends you've got on Facebook or somewhere and you're thinking, okay, so statistically, like I, I'm friends with a psychopath. But right. No, yeah. You know, like, I think I have like know. 780 friends on Facebook. So someone in there. So potentially, yeah, you've got what? the statistically, there's there's one person in there will be a psychopath. But we were joking about the fact that one of them could be a serial killer. So somebody actually wrote like a, a funny little short story about the fact that one of us was a serial killer and we kept getting bumped off. But like, so we joked about it, but really you don't, we don't know. We don't know, do we? So I guess maybe we should explain that we're part of a writing group. That's the other online platform that we're mm-hmm. we're co-members of is an online writing group because both of us are in the process of writing stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Between blogs mm-hmm. and other works. Spoken we, word poetry. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We, yeah. We definitely. both take time in this writing group. Um mm-hmm to connect with other writers. Um, Mm -hmm. But the same thing happens when you're in a group like this, 
you know, navigating who's who and who has Mm -hmm. positive interests at heart for you, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And so I feel like it's, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, well, it's just going to say the world is changing. I I think because more of us, we're getting to see inside people's homes now Mm -hmm. in a very intimate way. And this in some ways is a really good thing because I think it's removing that really polished image that people have where we have to like present ourselves to the world yeah i mean it's really weird i sit on a morning with some people and i'm like this is quite an intimate experience you're literally sat i know you, you suddenly look in up bed. and realize this per- yeah they're in bed in their pajamas eating breakfast and you're you're sharing breakfast and their bed technically with them and i'm like wow this is like a whole new world it, I mean, and it's definitely weird for me um, because we will talk about it, uh, you know, more. My mask um, mm-hmm. is the polished mask. That is yeah. who I present to the world, right? And we'll, you know, again, deep dive into that in, in next week's episode. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, seeing what everybody's masks are um, and what that online platform gives way to... Mm-hmm. those masks right because mm-hmm. some people our mask is to the world mm-hmm. some people the internet is a yeah. mask right yeah. mm-hmm. so you know we'll get more into that next week um mm-hmm. which you know is going to be exciting i can't wait yeah. to deep yeah. dive into that that's going to be actually two episodes right Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to, I think we're moving to, the, so we're going to be expanding on the online experience mm-hmm. uh, of how, like you say, understanding who other people are when we're connecting with them. And some of our experiences, because I really do think in that game we did actually, I think there's probably a higher percentage of psychopaths and potential serial killers in that game that me and you, Rob, just because of the um, type of game it was. I was like, no, I, this is absolutely. a whole new type of people, human beings that I've never been exposed and, to. In my and obviously life, like, you whoa. and I both think of the same person when we think of yes. a psychopath, well, yeah, right? Like yeah. we, we automatically know like there's no way this Straight person away. is not, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it, for all we know, that person could be like a kindergarten teacher, and uh, you know, yeah, exactly. So, we do. You just don't know, do you? And that's right? why this game. That sorry, the film that I was watching yeah. recently. And that's what it's discussing as well. So, it, it's obviously a question that is being thought about all over the world. Right. And one of so. the characters was this big burly man. And it turned out to be a woman. And that's what she was saying. You just don't know who is behind his character. Like, it right. could be anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, super exciting. Um, for Actually, next me week, and you weren't like that. <laughs> we got to meet the real each other, didn't we? Right. Yeah. I'm glad you turned out not to be this burly, uh, bearded dude, I guess. That, that would have been kind of weird. Yeah, with all my little chickadees. Yeah, I just think, well, that would be really super sweet. This big burly guy who, like, everybody was a little chickadee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would that would have been an interesting persona shift. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. So. Oh, I want to meet this man now. Right. He sounds a really cool exist. book. <laughs> I want to be friends with this really burly guy that, like, just has lots of little chickadees. <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe he, maybe he'll listen to the podcast and he'll, he'll, he'll write you and it. say, yeah, that's I nice. love chickadees and I love chickadees. I love a big burly man. I was just like, I just love that contradiction. It's wonderful. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, something else about us that's interesting. Ne- you're not in a relationship. No. And neither am I. No, I don't know what's well, wrong in the world. <laughs> both of us are both of us are single. I'm trying to think of like this is an introduction to us. So both of us are single. You've never been married. No, I have bits. People have asked me to marry them twice though. Twice. Not the same person so, asking me twice, but I've had two no. separate people. Um I've been married four times. So I've tried. I've, I've really given it a go. Um it just doesn't hasn't worked out for me yet. You even tried that third time lucky, didn't you? Bless you. You were like, oh, come on, they say a third time lucky. But right? No. Mm-mm. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so I mean, just interesting that we have different backgrounds. I have four kids. Um, you have none. I have two cats. You have two cats. I have three we're dogs. Staying with the, yeah, they're staying with the grandparents at the minute, so and the fur babies. Yeah. Yeah, they're getting they're picking up some very bad habits and being spoiled rotten with my mum and dad. I spoil my dogs like they are my own children. Mm-hmm. Um, although my children probably are slightly more spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm only going to see the dogs are then. <laughs> I've seen Harry yeah. with the with the peanut pretzels. <laughs> oh, they just stare at him as soon as the like peanut pretzels come out. Like, yeah, yeah. No, they know. Yeah, but Soft they're always target. they're always within a few feet of me. Um, mm. One. Two. I don't know where the third one is, but I'm sure she's around here somewhere. They're always they're always mm-hmm. close by me. Um, oh, she's in the other world. But uh, yeah, I mean, we have very unique differences about us and very mm-hmm. opposite, almost opposite lives. Um, yeah. We are though. It's like I even think I, it always makes me smile when we're sat in each other's living rooms because we're so different as well. Right. Mine's all like vintage, secondhand, worn furniture with like hand woven, like that blanket's like made in Wales. And like I've got my hand dyed art stuff on the wall and fashion things and stuff. And then I, and I look my, yours with like the red and my, yeah. my living room has the geometric pattern, yeah. the red paint. Yep. And it's very yeah. modern, very clean lines. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So we really are very different people. Um, yeah. But the one thing that I love about both of us that kind of brought us to where we are today mm-hmm. is that that drive and that can help other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and the reason we both wanted to start this podcast is we both have had some broken roads in, in our past. Mm-hmm. Right. And and yeah. found ways to, you know, navigate them. Um mm-hmm sometimes much later past the road you know yes and, I think everything and so. has its it has a natural cause sometimes you don't realize the path that you're on you don't I mean it, it took me 20 years to finally deal with the initial trauma right um of, of that initial break in the road of the life right. that I was meant to have and and it completely was gone it wasn't even that it was that road carried on it was a dead end and suddenly just right. that that life was dead completely right. and it was off somewhere else um but we we do we have very different we have very different lives and I think we've had very different experiences but I think a lot of our lessons have been very similar the life yeah. lessons that we've gained from those experiences yeah. have been very similar yeah and so you know just this whole podcast is just that space for us to talk about it and potentially just Mm -hmm. to help other people um 
through through our stories and through mm-hmm. you know what we say and what we have to say and the people that we bring on you know because we will have guests that mm-hmm. come on and share their stories you know yeah um yeah. and and just being able to be that that help to the world especially mm-hmm. in times today where mm-hmm. depression can be real because of the isolation because mm-hmm. of where we're at um yeah yeah, we it's just very want. isolating. It is anywhere, and I think the the fact that we have isolation almost being forced on us uh, is is very difficult. But uh, you're right. I both of us have come from this place of wanting to uh, help other people, and I think this is the thing. Like it, I was talking to somebody this morning, and she was saying it's an ongoing journey, and I was like, yes, it is. It is. It's an on. It's life. You, we never stop learning. We never stop going through these experiences that challenge us. But I think knowing that we're not walking on that path alone, and right. that there's some people that are further ahead in the journey than us that can actually just help us move along a bit easier and a bit faster as well. Um, and I always said to my mum when I started sharing my own journey because it's it's hard being vulnerable. People think. It's the easiest thing to stand up and say, this is what happened to me, but it really isn't. It takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable, to say, to let that that mask, as we're going to say next week down. Yeah. Um, and, but I said to my mum, by doing this, if it helps just one person to get through what they're going through or to know they're not alone, then I said, it's always worth it. You know, and I think sometimes some of the, some of the journeys aren't, you know, not, are not journeys by choice, right? Like, yeah you know, the, the death of my mother was obviously Mm -hmm. not a journey I made by, by choice, but I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that by sharing my story and some of the experiences that I, I have down that road, you know, I can help others that have, you know, are going through something similar, um, something yeah. that, you know, because I still go see a therapist today, like mm-hmm. it's still something that is part of my journey uh, that, you know, I can help somebody else that is maybe in that position right now that doesn't know what they're feeling is okay, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever. Or, you know, even some of the choices that we make that we we make a mistake in life, you know, I've done that and it's led me down some very, very crazy roads that we'll talk mm-hmm. about in, in further down episodes um, and, and, and how we handle those things, you know, and like you said, if it helps one person to mm-hmm. overcome, then, you know, what we've mm-hmm. created here has served its purpose. Yeah. And I know this is why I, I share, one of my friends said to me when I first started being honest about my, my journey in that road, she said, well, you don't have to tell people. And I said, well, I'm not saying that you have to tell people what you've been through, but I feel, I feel in my heart and my gut, this is something that I need to do for other right. people. It's something that I meant to do. And Obviously, for me, I didn't choose for somebody to spike my drink. And although I actually made the decision to climb off a fifth floor balcony, I wasn't myself. I completely lost touch of reality. And like you said, living with, I had both of those to contend with, like the sense of that I didn't want to see myself as a victim, but actually something was done to me that I had no I made no decision in. I did say, yes, that's okay. But then I had the additional trauma of trying to process something that I felt I had a decision in which was climbing off right. the balcony and nearly killing myself because I should have right. died like right. falling five floors and surviving is a miracle. that's huge 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, so there's, like you say, there's the the there's a lot of complex emotions in those life decisions, whether they're ones that were made for you or ones mm-hmm. that you've made yourself. Even when we were out of not in our own right mind, we still hold the feel that responsibility of, of the decisions that we do make. Like a hundred percent responsibility, and, mm. and you know, I'm. That and that's the other thing that that outward for me, I'm not great at showing that outward emotion of, mm-hmm. you know, yes, I feel sorry about this. Right. But internally, mm-hmm. I'm like screaming like this is all my fault. You know, those kinds of things and and how that's affected me, too. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I think, mean, yeah, even get my drink spike. That's the biggest thing was like I, I shouldn't have left my drink alone on the side. And um, the writing that I do, like, as you know, that I share some of that experience and uh, I, the amount of people that have come up to me afterwards and said, I've I've had my drink spiked as well. And one woman even said to me, the first person I've told. So yeah. sharing these stories for me and you, like with the podcast as well, for us, some we're able to start finding the words to share our stories to as part of the healing process. And I feel it's important to have a voice for other people who maybe haven't found the words yet or might never be able to, but we are right. able to do that for them and to stand. Yeah, and absolutely. We're speaking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of, you know, uh, and you probably less than I, because I've been through so much in my short little lifetime, um, you know, it just kind of, it's it's one thing right, you know, after another, it's it's almost like hurricane season in my life is kind of how I, I like to, mm-hmm. to, to say, right, like, I'll go through hurricane season, and then things settle down for a while, and then another hurricane mm-hmm. comes, and, and, you know, I think, you know, one of my therapists once told me that, you know, you're 10 times more likely or something like that, 10 times more likely to experience trauma as an adult if you experienced Mm. it as a child. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you've been through, you know, a a certain number of traumas before the age of 18. Right. And Mm -hmm. that number just increases based on the number of traumas you've had as a child, you know, and and with each trauma that percentage goes up. And I was basically 100 percent likely to experience a trauma as an adult. Yeah. 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 You know, and And so it's yeah. And it's complex. And I think these conversations need to happen for people because we yeah. have experienced significant traumas in our life, both of us, but like you say, in very different ways. So for me, it was that there was that huge, massive, and really such a crazy out there trauma as well to even talk about. Like, I mean, I actually had somebody while I was in a hospital paralyzed and I was 19, 20, like, well, it was two weeks before my 21st birthday. So I was young. Like, I, yeah. I still I had somebody actually say to me, what were you thinking when you were falling? An adult in his 40s. And I was like, with, you know, visiting another patient. So I was like, wow, you already have a family member who's going through some paralysis because of an accident so you know what they're going through and you're asking a total stranger what were you thinking when you were falling and I just looked at him and said well nothing but I know what I was thinking when I let go of that railing I was thinking this is potentially the last thing I'll ever do in my life and I don't know if I'm going to survive this but I can't pull myself off I have to let go and so for me there's there's 
those those big crazy traumas and there's been a really big spiritual one after that which is why and I, I ended up and that's the one that i don't talk about really with right. anybody because it completely shifted my whole sense of reality of how the universe works and it, like it's completely out there that i don't even know if the world is ever when it will be ready for the telling of that story but i know the truth of it um and obviously the third one was mental but for you there's been all these traumas throughout life that started early on so we have these very different experiences of it to be able to help other people no absolutely and and i guess like hopefully i can just give hope to somebody that no matter how many traumas there are in life no matter where rock bottom is no matter how many times Mm -hmm. rock bottom hits like how yeah or how, mm-hmm. because every trauma has been different. I haven't experienced some trauma repeatedly. It, mm-hmm. It's been a different trauma. Like each hurricane is different in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that tomorrow's a new day to start over. Like it's mm-hmm. something that I tell my kids. It's something I try and, and live my life by. Tomorrow's not promised, right? So mm-hmm. you can live life that way, but I also don't like to live life like tomorrow isn't a fresh start mm-hmm. if today wasn't great yeah yeah you know and everybody has bad days yours. yeah i love that that's yours because mine that got me through was mm-hmm. actually one really bad thing has happened in life but i used to always look for the silver lining because where's all the little things that have come out of this that i can be grateful for so the right. first one was i'm closer relationship with my dad there's all these little wins that I could find in life where I was like, I just have to keep searching for the good that's come out of this because really bad things do happen in life. And I love no. that we have our own little mantras that have right. kind of got us through. Yeah. There, so for me, and mine really didn't even come until later in life because my youngest is autistic um, and, and I've had to really reshape the way I, I think about life and the way I think mm. about the way I process things. Mm-hmm. Um, for him, yeah. because tomorrow is a fresh start for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Cause mm-hmm. his brain doesn't, his mind doesn't process things the same way. Right. Mm-hmm. He could forget about something five minutes later. I mean, really, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just like that for him. So I really have to go, okay. I can't punish him for a week long. Mm-hmm. Right. I have to shorten this time down for him. Um, and, and, but work more with him, right. More time mm-hmm. spent on reiterating and re I can be like with my other kids, I can be like, you're grounded for a week and kind of just leave it at that. Right. Mm-hmm. Where with him, I have to be every day on top of you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, where tomorrow, but tomorrow's a fresh start. Tomorrow we can Mm -hmm. try again, right? Yeah. And so I've kind of adapted that into all of our lives. Like tomorrow's a fresh start. Tomorrow we get to try again, no matter Mm -hmm. what crap today held. Yeah. Tomorrow we get to try again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, like I say, I, it's this is a thing about walking the road and the journeys. Literally, just put one foot in front of the other, and then this is when I learned to walk again. Yeah. Was literally don't think about the long term. Just literally focus on what the next day. Like you said, you couldn't think about the future when you you don't know if you're going to be in a wheelchair or or not at that point. Like it was right. literally just put one foot in front of the other. Just keep taking your next step. You wake up the next day and you just carry on. Hmm. Right. No, absolutely. So, and with that, we thank Um, everyone for listening along today. Please stay tuned for next week's episode, part one of Behind the Mask. Thanks for joining us and see you next week.